Hey Travis, sit down. Okay, what's up? Don't ask questions, just listen. I was going to listen. It's time for the kids' corner after all. Shh, no talking. Don't you know how to follow orders? Orders? I'm not following orders from you. Aw, why not? Because you didn't say Simon Says. Now, let's listen to the kids' corner. Ugh, fine. It's not working! What's well, not working, Dr. Kim? This robot dog, watch, sit, roll over, heal, do something! It does seem to be slightly unresponsive. I can whistle for it. I can toss it a bone. Nothing. I'm not sure why you're panicking so much, Doctor. Can't we just keep working on it? We don't have any more time to work on it. The grant inspector is coming any minute to check on my progress. And if all I have to show for it is this metal dog statue, they'll defund this whole operation before you can say... The inspector. She's here. Good morning, Dr. Kim. I trust you're prepared for the audit. The audit? The audits. The inspection to make sure that the funding from those I represent have been used to their fullest potential. Oh, right. That audit. Would you like some coffee, Miss, uh, Mrs., um... Director Monica will be fine. Not interested in coffee, just results. Are you going to demonstrate your research, Doctor? Or shall I tell my bosses that you have just been wasting their time and money? I'm sure the Doctor would be happy to discuss the, um... Is this it? Hmm. I have to say, I was expecting less. What does it do? Well, it's still in the testing phase, and though I have been... Is it safe to turn on? I can explain... Turn on? Yeah, the power light is off. Can I start it up? Start it up? Startup sequence activated. Program Felix Lima Indian November. Booting hard disk. State command. Ooh, it speaks. Ooh, sit. Shake hands. Looks like your robot works after all, Doctor. Fetch. I'm very impressed, Doctor. I'm sure with this report you will get all the funding you need to keep the research for a decade. I, uh... I don't know what to say, uh... Don't say anything and keep working. Remember you're working on top secret stuff here. What you got there, boy? He's got a radio. It's playing a program of some kind. Oh, let's listen. Come on, Flynn. Roll over. Roll over. Roll over. (laughs) How's the dog training going, Kimberly? (sighs) No offense, Mr. Jacobs. But I think your dog doesn't have what it takes to learn tricks. Oh, you do, huh? Well, he's always had a mind of his own. Come here, boy. Knock, knock. Oh, morning, Tabitha. Hey, Lionel. Just returning that card table I borrowed a while back. No problem. Just put it over by the radio, and I'll take care of it later. All right. So what's happening in the fabled garage today? Not too much. I'm having some coffee, and Flynn's getting some trick lessons. Oh, I see. Well... I'll take some of that coffee if there's any left. Sure is. Come on in and I'll get you a mug. Okay, Flynn, no more distractions. Look, look, look at me. Come on, come on, see the treat? You get the treat if you roll over. Roll. Hey. Hi. Are you all right? Not really, but I'm here, so things are sure to get a little better. I'm sorry, you haven't been having a good day, Monica. Uh, is there something I can help you with? No, I'm just having trouble with a guy. Ooh, a guy, huh? What? No! Me and... you, no! Okay, but if you want to talk girl to girl, I am here for you, sis. <sighs> I'll keep that in mind. Oh, hey, Flynn. Come on up. I could use a fluffy snuggle. 
You don't like it when people tell you what to do. Isn't that right? Oh. Ain't that the truth? Huh? Nothing. You want to go listen to the radio? Yeah, that might help me forget my troubles. Just saying, I am willing to talk it over. Just start the radio. So I told the guy, look, I know you're new here, but the Capresso de Leche is completely different than a mocha espresso. Uh-huh. Uh, very interesting. Yeah. Oh, hello, Monica. I didn't know you were there. Yeah, I got here a little late. She's got a problem. With a guy. Kim, come on! So, is this a problem that happens to involve a guy? Or a problem because he's a guy? Um, maybe we should first find out if this is something Monica wants to talk about. This could get pretty personal. No, it's alright, Mr. Jacobs. I guess I was going to bring it up eventually. To answer the question, well, I'm not sure. My teacher assigned us group projects, and we didn't get to choose who was in our group. We got stuck with whoever the teacher chose for us. That sounds awful. Honestly, I don't think it was that bad of an idea. The groups are really fair, and we all are working together. But then there's Kendall. Kendall? Is he the guy? He's the guy. Is he a jerk? Is he moody? Does he have a checkered past that makes it hard for him to fit in, even though he's really smart and he has smoky gray eyes that look deep into yours and know there's just got to be more to him than what people see if only someone asked? Wow. <clears throat> so, what seems to be the problem, Monica? Kendall's not a bad guy, but this project has turned him into a monster. It's like he has to be in charge of everything. He makes all the decisions and expects us to obey them. He tells everyone what chapters to read, what subjects we should focus on, how to diagram our sentences. For real? For real. I mean, I've heard about people being bossy, but sheesh, Kendall's taking it to a whole new level. Is he being bossy or is he just being a leader? That's a good question, Kimberly. And there is a pretty big difference, even though they can look very similar. And it's not just because he's a boy either. Miss Tabitha's right. Anyone can be bossy, regardless of who or what they are. Bossiness, I've found, is when you are looking out for yourself more than for others. You might think it's for the good of the group, but deep down, the reason you take charge and tell people what to do is so you feel safe, in control, or powerful. When we let this kind of fear or selfishness lead us to be bossy, we are missing out on the love of God that gets rid of fear and selfishness. I'm pretty sure God tells us that in verses like 1 John 4.18 and 1 Corinthians 13.5. That's where I was heading. So a leader can't be afraid? I'm sure any good leader would tell you that they very often are afraid. But what I think Mr. Jacobs is saying is a leader is someone who knows everyone is valuable and will work hard to make sure everyone gets to use their gifts to get a job done. They might not always be fearless, but they help others to push on through fear, through trouble, and through pain until they come out on the other side. Couldn't have explained it better myself. Oh, I don't know. You'd probably just go get a drama script that would explain it. Oh, I didn't realize I was explaining away a drama script. I mean, we wouldn't mind if you had one for us anyway. <laughs> All right, I'll go look for one. Sit tight. We'll listen to the radio as we wait. And now, from the garage of Lionel Jacobs comes the fanciful drama, The Knight and the Knave, an adapted biblical teaching about greatness. Once upon a time, in a faraway land, there lived a talented knight. I just got my knighthood license, and I want to be the greatest warrior the kingdom has ever known. 
I brandish my steel with grace and cunning, and no troll, giant, or goblin horde will stand in my way. In the same kingdom outside the castle lived a lowly servant girl. She had just left home and, like the knight, wished to make a name for herself. I don't have much in the way of coin, but as the queen says, everyone has a part to play in the kingdom. We merely need to find our place. Now if you'll excuse me, the widow Marcus is sick and I need to feed her her broth. One day, as both young ladies were plying their trades, the queen decided she wanted to do something special. Darling, I want to honor one of our subjects at the royal fair this fall. I'm thinking parades, dances, gifts. <laughs> what do you think, darling? Uh, splendid idea, love. Who did you have in mind exactly? I don't know yet, but it will be the best person in the kingdom. Of that I will be sure. Oh, so yourself then? Oh, come off it, dear, really. I meant someone else, of course. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> and not you either. Oh. And so it was decreed. Let it be known throughout the land that the queen has in mind to reward the greatest of her subjects with parades, gifts, and honors untold. A year from this day, all shall gather in the castle courts, and you shall all make it known who is the greatest of all. Remember, no voting for yourselves, and there can only be one person chosen. When the knight heard this proclamation, she was very excited. Oh, joy! A triad to test my gallantry and guile, my craft and cunning, my sword and my steed, Hammerfell! Let's go chase some glory! The servant girl had not paid much mind to the proclamation. She, of course, would have loved to be the guest of honor in a parade or the like, but she knew not to live with her head in the clouds. I have no chance of being deemed the greatest in the kingdom. I'm just a knave with only what my wages can buy. Now if you'll excuse me, I have to help my neighbor fix her door. Meanwhile, the knight went on many an escapade. She slew dragons, won tournaments, and won the affection of many a fair prince. <gasps> she's so dreamy. These trophies are testament enough to speak of my greatness. I shall surely be honored by the queen when I return. And so it went for the rest of the year. On the day of the great festival, all of the kingdom gathered to cast their votes for who they thought was the greatest person in the land. The knight brought all of her awards and finery, showing off how much she had accomplished. And here is my scrapbook. As this chapter illustrates to great effect, I was a huge hit in the Cyclops Canyon, which is a little more of a ditch in reality, but you know, one eye. It's hard to tell. The servant girl made her vote and spent the rest of the time helping those who were having trouble with the crowd. It's a lot of people, and some of these people have come a long way to be here. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm eating some fresh water for them and their horses. The final count was tallied, and the queen prepared to announce the greatest of her subjects. All present listened intently to hear who would be honored. After counting up the votes, I am pleased to say that the greatest person in these lands is someone who has given her all to help my subjects. I what? I mean, I suppose I have in a metaphorical sense. She has not once thought about her own glory, but has sought to serve any who required her help. Uh, I 
I mean, I have heard nothing but gratitude for her, from the halls of my castle, to the alleyways of the Tanner's district, and after seeing her work, I know that I am excited to honor you. Me? The person behind me, surely. But that's a wall. Me? Really? The queen smiled and had the servant girl brought up to the castle where she was celebrated and rewarded for her dedication and love for the kingdom. Hmm. I suppose helping the kingdom is pretty great. Anyone want to buy some trophies? I've got a pretty cool scrapbook going cheap. Somebody? The moral is that if we want to be great, we shouldn't do things to look good or serve ourselves. But instead, we need to do what God thinks is great. He wants us to be humble, to serve others, to be kind and in general, treating people the way he treats them, with love, patience, and generosity. Because if you want to be the greatest, you should probably follow the example of the greatest king ever. (laughs) Not you, dear. Oh, look at what time it is. Here I was thinking I'd be returning a card table really quick, and it's turned into a full-blown visit. Oh, sorry to throw you off your schedule, Tabitha. I hope you're not late for anything. No, no, I didn't have anything, but I didn't mean to spend all morning taking up your time. Don't even worry about it. On a Saturday morning, the garage is one place where everyone is welcome. As long as someone's home. Well, yes, there is that. Um, Mr. Jacobs, I have a question. Is it about what we've been talking about today, Monica? Kind of. Actually, it's about my problem. I still don't know what to do about Kendall. I mean, we spent all morning talking about what being bossy is and how not to be bossy, but I'm not the one who needs to hear this lesson. Kendall is. Oh, right. Very true. Any thoughts, Tabitha? I would say that the first thing to do is talk to Kendall. He might not know that he's being bossy. Yeah, just tell him to knock it off. I think there are better ways to address it, Kimberly. Remember what we said about being a good leader, patience, kindness, love? You mean, I should become the leader of the group? I mean, not necessarily. You might need to, but the things that make a good leader are things that we all should have. And if Kendall wants to be a leader, one of the biggest things he should do is to listen to advice. But what if he doesn't? Like I've been saying, Kendall's the one who needs to hear this stuff, not me. I think that's when you need to talk to your teacher and see if she can help. She's the one who set this assignment, and I'm sure that she's willing to help if someone's getting a little too big for their britches. If they what? Does that help at all, Monica? Kind of. Does the Bible have any verses that could help me with this kind of situation? Let me think. I suppose Philippians 2 is a good place to start. Ah, yes. The chapter about following Jesus' example. Matthew 5 also has some good verses on the subject, too. Philippians 2, Matthew 5, Philippians 2, Matthew 5. Do you need me to help you remember? Yeah, that might be good until I get home so I can look them up. No problem. Philippians 5. It's 2. Matthew 5. Oh, we'd better get to your house quick before we get it all messed up. Good idea. Bye, Mr. Jacobs. Take care, girls. All right, I'm headed out too. Have a good day, Tabitha. Tabitha.